0: Pray with me. Father, already you've been speaking to us. You've been letting us know that this is your fight and not ours. That this is who you are. That you stand for those who believe in you. And that you love us. And that you give us grace. So we just can't stop praising you for it, Lord. May we come into this time when we're listening to your teaching and we're hearing the words that are spoken and we know that uh, we've done everything we can to try to make sure that what we have to share today aligns with your truth and drips with your grace. So remove us from this teaching, Lord. Let your truth pass through our lips. Let every word that we say be yours. And the ones that are not God, we pray that no matter how funny or witty or smart they sounded, they are quickly forgotten. But if they are your words, God, may they take root in every heart here, and may we be changed because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, so we are in the third week of our sermon series on authenticity. And if you remember, uh, we've had three words we've been kind of exploring to understand what authenticity is. The first is to be open, to be in the light as God is in the light, to be able to be open and honest about who we are and what we're what we thinking and feeling and, and what has happened in our lives. And the more open and honest we can be, the better. And the more the more we follow him the easier that is to be so be open is the first one but the second one is be genuine and when we say be genuine of course we mean to be real to be who you really are but we studied last week and found out that who we really are is really determined by god and not by us that our job is to explore who god has made us to be and to to understand that living the best life means living inside of that truth to be genuine because we are gods and because he created us to be the best us we can be and so that's that's the first two this third one then is probably the hardest one is be humble and part of the reason is because it's not something you can call yourself is it when you start telling everybody how humble you are you you know i think the only person who have ever talked told us he was humble and could say it without worrying about it was jesus He said, follow me because I'm humble of heart, right? And Jesus was telling the truth. He really is humble. But we need to understand what humble means so that we know why he could say it, and we sometimes can't. But in order to really understand what it means to be humble, we also have to understand the opposite of that, and that is pride. And it is all through Scripture what happens with pride. Pride is what comes before a fall. Pride is what trips us up the most. As a matter of fact, most of the things we do that miss the mark can be traced back to some kind of pride. And when we think of pride, what we mostly think about are people who love to tell you how great they are at something. Like when I say, I'm, you know, I just want you to know I'm the most humble person you've ever met. Right? We automatically think of pride, don't we? Because what am I doing? I'm, I'm telling you my strength, but I'm doing it in such a way that I'm actually, actually I'm, you can actually tell. It's a, if, if I tell you how humble I am, I'm probably being proud, right? Okay? and we know that's a kind of pride but it is also a kind of pride not to, uh, to 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 talk about your strengths but also talk to not talk about your weaknesses in other words to admit your weakness say i understand i i i i have this issue going on i you know but sometimes we can be proud in that and we can be like i can't do anything because god didn't give me he gifted everybody else but he didn't gift me And we don't realize that that's a kind of pride because pride isn't about pride isn't about saying good things about yourself. Pride is building yourself up or tearing yourself down in such a way that you have to kind of be deceiving and, and fib about it. There is no one in this room, listen to me, there is no one in this room that is missing gifts from God. Every single person here has been gifted by God for something. So when we say we're useless, we are not telling the truth. We may believe it, and there may be people in your life that are making you believe it, but it is not true. Humility, then, is the opposite of that. So First first, uh, slide we're going to show you is pride is refusing to admit your weaknesses, but it is also refusing to admit your strengths. And if you know anything about how we do things here at the JAR, one of the things we do is give you a few moments to consider something, something that's a a question that allows you to kind of get your mind right and get ready for what we have to teach. And so the question we have for you today is, which is more difficult to admit, your strengths or your weaknesses? Which is more difficult for you? Not which is easiest for you. Which is the most difficult for you? To tell people about your strengths or to tell people about your weaknesses? We'll give you a little bit to talk about that. Or to, to think about that, not talk.
1: All right. We are going to be in two passages today. But the first one we're going to be in is in James, which is in the New Testament. James chapter 4 verses 1 through 10, James chapter 4, verses 1 through
0: 10. Absolutely. Um, James is toward the end. So if you go back to the back and you hit Revelation and you turn left, you'll go through Revelation and Jude and the Johns and the Peters, you'll get to James. mm -hmm. And that's the easiest way to find it if you're not familiar with how to uh, navigate the Bible
1: can also look it up on uh, download youtube mm-hmm. or not you yeah, version
0: <laughs> you version why right. are you
1: i was thinking yeah. you you version app it's free on google play and on your iphone you can download that and pull up it up on that as well
0: now, i learned so. something new this week i heard i heard a brother who's preaching <laughs> say this if you're not there yet say wait all right <laughs> i'm used to saying if If you're there, say Say amen. amen. But today, this week, I heard if you're not there yet, say wait. All right. So everybody must be there. All right.
1: (laughs) All right. So we're going to begin in verse one. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Right. So he's talking to the church. He says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires or as some translations say pleasures? Pleasures right? Evil desires at war within you. And that within you can also mean within your members, right? The people who attend in your church are also inside of your own self. Yes. Okay. You want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? And we'll talk about that in just a second. So verse 1 through 3, quarrels and fights among believers. Good. It's very harmful. <clears throat> right? Right?
0: Matter of fact, it's one of the main reasons people don't go to church.
1: Yeah. If you ask people, why don't you go to church? It's like, well, because there was a fight at some point in their childhood, in their adulthood. At some point, there were people, there were members of that church. We're talking small church, right? Small C, not big C. Small C, a church that they went to. And people were fighting and quarreling amongst each other. And they're like, I'm out. Because this place isn't any different than the world. So, why come? Okay. So, we have to be, he's telling James is saying, be mindful of that, right? Um, he also says that the, these conflicts result from evil desires, right? Or pleasures battling within us, right? So, that could be more money, higher status, recognition. And a lot of times, what we see, and I'm just, we're, we're talking about authenticity, so I'm just going to keep it real. When we're talking about the small church, the seat, whatever church you're attending, a, gr- a group of people, a body of believers, right? Usually, if there's division or there's conflict going on inside of that body of believers, it usually has to do with power.
0: Yeah.
1: Or recognition, right? Well, you didn't hear me. You didn't listen to me. I didn't get enough attention.
0: Mm-hmm. Ouch. Or right? I gave this money and you should use it this way. Oh.
1: Right or I'm a deacon so I have more say than everybody else. Right. There's a lot you went to of things meddling. I All did right. I went to Bedlin. Right. There's a lot of things that come from that and those are those evil desires within. Right? So you got to check yourself, right? And yeah. that's what James is saying.
0: And in that first verse it says in the NLT it says quarrels and fights. In the Greek it's wars and skirmishes. It's the big stuff, but it's also the little stuff, isn't it? It's the little things. You didn't say hi to me when you went by me in the hall. Uh, the preacher looked right at me, but he didn't smile. Um, th- mm-hmm. There's also little things that happen inside the church, and we think, man. And, and the reason is because there is something that we want that we're not getting.
1: Mm-hmm. So when we don't get what we want, we conspire to have it sometimes, right? We covet. Mm-hmm. Coveting, which means I want what somebody else has, <coughs> right? Right. Coveting can lead, and according to James, to murder.
0: I remember. Cain mur- and Abel, yeah, beginning in Genesis, right? right? Mur- murder to Jesus is hating your brother. Mm-hmm.
1: But it also can mean manifesting as bitter, hatred, and backbiting,
0: Ooh.
1: right? Yikes. So last week, we briefly talked about the fact that our tongue can get us in trouble sometimes. <laughs> and that's where this happens. We yeah. start... Fighting amongst ourselves, and then there's a lot of backbiting. But here, here's the thing: I always tell people, it doesn't matter what church you attend; it's full of people, and people are messy. We're not perfect. That's why we need Jesus. That's Amen. A,
0: I, I actually so, just recently told someone that I love very much. Uh, she was like, I, "I just when i go when I go to church, I just still struggle with church people." And I said, "Don't look for church people; look for people." If you look for church people, you're putting an expectation on them. If you just look for people, you're going to find the same people there you find everywhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's what you should be looking for when you walk into the church. Mm -hmm. I, I know you want to look for something better because of what we believe. And the truth is you should experience something better. But you have an idea of what that looks like in your head. And it may be asking too much. It may be that you don't realize it, but you're asking too much of the people you're meeting with. And so they let you down, but that's because of your expectations, not necessarily because of their actions. Okay. Yeah.
1: I don't know who that was for, but it was obviously it was, for somebody, yes. whether it's here or on the podcast. Right. All right. So now let's go to verse two and, or go to verse uh, three. And even, well, let's see, go back up to two. I guess, yeah, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Okay, so he says you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And and verse 3, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? And that enemy of God there means actively opposed.
0: Right.
1: Okay, against what he wants. I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of of God, do you think the Scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate; that the Spirit He has placed within us should be faithful to Him.
0: Now we have a we have issue with how the NLT um, interprets this. What this what the Greek actually says here is that the Spirit that God put in us yearns to be faithful to God. When we believe in Jesus. And we give our life to Him. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that Spirit within us yearns to see faithfulness in our lives. And so when we act against it, the Spirit within us... Have you ever noticed that when you get ready to do something you know is wrong, there's something fighting you? Oh, yeah. That's the Spirit of God who is yearning for you to be faithful, fighting with you even as you start in the wrong direction. Right.
1: And something I want to point out here, too. James is talking about prayer, and I think that's interesting because... Do you seek God's approval for what you already have planned to do?
0: Ooh, Thanks.
1: Or are you asking him his will, not your desires, right? So that's the checking part, right? You got to check yourself. Mm -hmm. What am I praying for and what am I praying about? Not only for me, but for everyone that I, for my other brothers and sisters, okay? Because the other part of what I was going to say about, Attending church when it's full of people and it's messy. The other thing is, once you are a part of of a group of people, we become family, right? And I don't know about you all, but there ain't no perfect family on this planet. <laughs> we all, all families have dysfunction, right? You have
0: one, come see us after.
1: And I find it interesting that we all know there's no perfect family, but yet when we walk into church, we expect that family to be perfect. Yeah. That's not fair, right? Yeah. It's not going to happen. That's an unrealistic expectation because you've got people all together who are trying to love each other and make mistakes. So we've got to figure that out. Right. we got to work it out, right? But if we work it out inside these walls, guess what? You're going to learn how right. to work it out inside Outside your family, in right. your homes. That's right. Okay, so I just want to Think of this as that. a
0: proving ground. One of the reasons it's good for us to gather is because we're at least gathering with people who believe the same things we do. So forgiveness should be a part of that. Grace should be a part of that. Truth should be a part of that. And if it's a part of that here and we experience it here, it's easier for us to take it out there. Um, I wanted to say something briefly about prayer. The very first prayer, I did not grow up in, in, a, in a Christian home. There was a little bit of God in it and God god got to my dad for a few months and we prayed and we would pray at night and this was the first <laughs> prayer i was taught now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep if i should die before i wake i pray the lord my soul to take first of all that's a creepy thing to tell a kid <laughs> Who came up with that you mean I, anyway? you mean i might die before Ooh. i wake up how am i going to get to sleep now first but that's, well, that's that's a pet peeve that's personal well But that was just a road thing that we said so we could get to the important part. And the important part was either blessing mommy and daddy and grandma and grandpa and everyone else, or I want a bike for Christmas. I want, and we'd have this long laundry list, like, like Jesus is Santa Claus. Where are your, where is your prayer life? Are you only coming to him with the things that you want for you and for others? Or are you coming to have a conversation with your father? And what does that look like? Um, And so he's saying, look, when you when you come to him and you pray, you're only asking for the things you want and you're asking for the wrong reasons. Anyway, you're just asking so that you can get your your desires met, your pleasures met. Instead, be aware of God, acknowledge who he is and align yourself to him. And when you do that, your prayers will begin to be answered because he is excited to do his will right. in your life.
1: Right. So let's talk quickly, just real quickly, about why James says it's impossible to be a friend of the world, right, versus a friend of God um, at the same time. It's because these two paths lead in opposite directions, right? Mm.
0: Yeah. The
1: path of the world is going it, to lead you to um, being self-centered, materialism. Um, finding uh comfort in others that may not be able to give you that comfort, right? It, it's a path that's not going to lead you to where you think it's going to go all of the time, and where with if you're following the path of God as your friend, right, then out of that leads faith, hope, and love, right? Those three things. So, what he's saying is, if you're a friend of the world, okay, but there's, you're probably not going to get everything that you yeah. want.
0: Looking out for number one is going to leave you lonely, frustrated, and right. unfulfilled.
1: But yet, yeah, if you come close to me, follow my path, make me your friend, then I'm going to give you so many gifts, so many pleasurable things, things that are good, good gifts, not bad gifts
0: so J- jesus says it this way seek first the kingdom of god mm-hmm. and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you
1: mm-hmm. so we see in verse six he says and he gives gives grace generous generalist gen i can't say it
0: generously I, I say it for you generously thank you yes.
1: as the scripture says god opposes the proud that but gives grace to the humble right and that comes from proverbs three thirty four. So there are three ways that, that James gives us there here at the end of this passage before we go to the next one of how we can come close to God, how we can become a friend of God. So the first one he says is in verse 7, so humble yourselves before God, right? So that humble means submit.
0: Yes, to place yourself under.
1: Mm-hmm. So commit your life to be Him and be willing to, to follow him.
0: Yes. Humble yourself means to know who you really are. Right. Your strengths and your weaknesses. Know, know that there are things that you struggle with, but also know that there are things God has gifted you to do well. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to say, God has gifted me to do this well. Mm-hmm. Okay. God has gifted us to teach. We're not ashamed of that. But that also means there are weaknesses that we should also be willing to admit to God.
1: Right. And recognize that your worth comes from God alone, not from the things of this world, Right. So to be humble involves leaning on his power and guidance and not going your own independent way. And although we do not deserve God's favor, he wants to lift us up and give us worth despite our human shortcomings, (laughs) right? So we talked a while ago about how church is messy. People are messy. That's our shortcomings, right? But he's saying, if you humble yourself before me, if you align with me, you become my friend, you are under me, you submit to me. Right? then I am going to lift you up and I'm going to give you more than you ever thought. Right, um, Matthew 23, 12 says, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Right, So God's going to lift you up in that.
0: So the best way for you to be, the best you you can be, is to stop thinking so much about you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yes. It goes against everything we've learned in America, right? I like I that, Jamie. Get
0: out of your own head. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Too often, that's the answer. The world's answer is look out for number one, get inside your head, find out who you decided you are, and go be that, and you will be happy. Mm-hmm. And God says, oh, no, 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 no. The way you find yourself is you look for me because I made you in my image. And wow. if you look for me, you are going to find yourself by not focusing so much on yourself but recognizing what I have Begun to to uh, to bring about in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. So then, let's go on to the second point, the second part of getting close to God, and that is resist the devil. Right? He says that resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That flee from you actually means run away, y'all. That's right. Run away. So if you know the enemy is knocking at your door, uh-huh. right? Yeah. What do we say? to Run away from me. In Jesus' name, run away from me. You are not welcome in this space with me.
0: Listen, that's point number two for a reason. You have to submit yourself and place yourself under God before you can tell the devil to run. Because it's like, have you ever been uh, bullied on the playground? Yep. Think of it like you're being bullied on the playground and you're going to stand up to that bully. Mm -hmm. And you stand up, you stand real tall, and he gets real, oh, no, and he takes off running. And you're like, I guess I showed him. And you turn around and your dad's standing behind you. <laughs> oh, no. The power is in dad. Right. The reason the bully is running is because he's scared of dad, not because right. he's scared of you. Right.
1: For those of us who are already, right? For those of us who believe, I just want to remind you that we win.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: We win, right? He cannot defeat the Holy Spirit. Right. And the Holy Spirit is within us. So we have a choice to either follow our natural tendencies, right? As selfishness and ways of the the friend of the world, right? Or ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. With the Holy Spirit's power, we can resist the devil and he will run away. He will flee from us. And that's true. You don't have to be an elder. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have this special position in the church That's good to say, God, flee from me. Every single one of you who have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and has asked the Holy Spirit to come into your life, you have that power. And James is reminding you here of that. Okay.
0: That also means if you're a not yet and you are like, I keep trying to tell the devil to run, but he keeps messing with me. Well, he's, that's because you you're not powerful enough to fight him. You need the Holy Spirit to help you do that.
1: hmm and then the third one we see is he says uh right he says humble yourselves before God resist the devil and he will flee from you verse 8 come close to God and God will come close to you i love
0: that yeah draw near That's
1: my favorite verse in the whole passage right yeah. cuz when God makes a promise he keeps it y'all He cannot break his promises so he's saying come close to me and i will come close to you and then he says the third one which is rethink This is the third step, rethink, all right? Admit your version of pride and ask God to help you see yourself clearly. He says, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. And then he goes back to verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor, right? So he's saying, Submit to me, right? Be humble, right? Resist the devil. Rethink what you've done. And then back to humble go again. Go back to humble. So it's like a struggle. That's, right. That's right. Okay.
0: And that, and that process will, it, it will be hard at first, but the more often you do it, the easier it becomes and the less time it takes to get through the process. Okay. So so we just want you to know that we, we consider, we, we pick two passages. James is the bad cop. We're about to get to the good cop. <laughs> the bad cop, James, said, you crazy people. Matter of fact, he, when he says adulterers in the NLT, what he actually says, guys, is adulteresses. He, and he's, he's talking to the women and the men, but he's calling them both adulteresses. And I don't know about you, but we, we still, even in this culture today, we still struggle sometimes when we're, I know when I'm out on the golf course and I hit a shot and it doesn't go very far. Somebody says to me, hit the ball, Alice. Well, that is sexist, isn't it? And and I, I think that's I mean, right? But that doesn't keep me from feeling like a little boy who just tried to do something a man should try to do, right? And so that's what he's doing. He's calling us out. He's trying to get our attention. He's saying, look at you. Purify your hearts. Wash your hands, you sinners. Come on, you adulteresses. Let's get this done. Okay? That's the bad cop. Okay? Now we're going to look at the good cop, but before we do, we want you to know Joseph is a great example of someone who started off proud and was brought low and ended up humble and was exalted. And so if you want to study that on your own, you can find him in Genesis 37, and then there's a chapter 38 is a break from that, and then 39 to 47 is the rest of his story. Joseph is a perfect example of someone who was proud to start with and then humbled himself God brought him low at first and then exalted him because he was so humble and understood who he was in God. Okay.
1: So we are going to be in Philippians chapter 2. Turn to Philippians chapter 2.
0: We cheated. We, we marked it so we can get to it real quick. Verses 1
1: through 11. If you're there, say amen. Oh, we've got now, to wait if, then. If you're not there, say wait. 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 wait
0: that's what I like
1: to hear. Right? <laughs> I like yeah, it. Yeah, right? Y'all say ready when you're ready. 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 ready? Okay. Ready. Okay, so uh, we, over and over in this series, it's been interesting how much Philippians keeps coming up. Yes. In this one, the Church of Philippi. So the Church of Philippi, we've talked about it in the last two Sundays, but just a reminder, it was a church of great diversity, right? It was at a port where all these people from all over, Came. So there were a variety of backgrounds on all walks of life, from wealthy business women and men to jailers and slaves, Roman, Greek, Jew. It was kind of this melting pot of people. And it's interesting because Paul never says that they really were in conflict with each other, but he says, I want to kind of safeguard you from some things. Right? I want to protect you, and I want to encourage you to remain in unity and humility. And so he talks about that in Philippians chapter 2. Um, so, and he uses humility when he's talking about humility. It's basically he's using uh, Christ's example of humility, and so we're going to talk about that. So in verse 1 it says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Now, that wholeheartedly means same mind, Mm -hmm. same love. Yes. Okay? Loving one another and working together. There's that family piece, Mm y'all. We always don't get along as family, right? Uh, But loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. In other words, full, some of your uh, texts say full accord.
0: As one. And that love is agape love. It's godly love. It's unconditional love. It's love them no matter what.
1: So verse three, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. That word impress can also mean conceited. Don't be conceitful, right? Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus. that at the name of Jesus, every, every knee, knee should bow. Yes. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the
0: Father. Yes. So Jesus is our example of humility. Uh, uh, before I expound upon that, I come back up to verse 3. We We, we struggle with this too in the NLT. It says, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble. And then it says, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Okay. What I want you to do, God's not going to strike you down, strike, cross out as better than, and replace it with the word before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not asking you to think of everyone else as better than you. It's asking, he's asking you to think of others before you think of yourself. So that's important because that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't come to earth and say, everybody on earth is better than me. Jesus came on to earth and said, I am so sure of who I am that I don't have to think about that anymore. Instead, I can think of everybody else and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to leave my godliness, so to speak, so take human form. I'm going to be fully God and fully man. But when I do that, I'm going to do that in such a way that I'm constantly serving the people around me. And I'm going to do that no matter what they do to me, because I know that this will be difficult for them to take. And the religious leaders especially are going to struggle with that. And when they do, they're going to want to get rid of me. But I'm going to do it anyway. And they're going to put me on trial, and they're going to trump up charges against me, and they're going to mock me and spit at me and beat on me, but I'm going to do it anyway. They're going to put me on the cross. They're going to nail my hands and feet to the cross. They're going to... Put a spear in my side, but I'm going to do it anyway. Even on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And when his last breath was coming, one of the last things he says is, it is finished. The debt is paid. He humbled himself so much that he paid for your missing of the mark. So that if you believed in him, he could give you eternal life. And that is the most humble thing that anyone has ever done. Not because he did this great thing and didn't seek any glory for it. That's not what I'm saying. It's because he knew exactly who he was and why he was sent. And because he knew exactly who he was and why he was sent, he was the most humble being to ever grace the earth. And to be humble for you is for you to seek God in such a way that you learn exactly who you are and why you are here. Because I have news for you. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. And you were chosen to be born for such a time as this. Amen. And there is someone in your sphere of influence that I will never get to talk to about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Who will listen to you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in humility, recognize that you have strengths and you have weaknesses. But you are God's, and he is still working in you. Have you ever heard that phrase, God isn't finished with me yet? Amen. Listen, your salvation is for you, but God is making you holy for them. They need to see that process. As you're being sanctified, people are going to notice the changes in you. And someone's going to ask, what are you doing different? Because I want some of that. And even if they're not asking, they're noticing And you may have opportunities to tell them anyway. So here's our B. Be willing to admit your strengths and weaknesses. Know who you really are. Here's a couple of passages that just reinforce that. Romans 12, 3. Because of the grace God has given me, I give each of you this morning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Right.
1: In the NLT, it says because of the privilege and authority. And once again, really in the Greek, it's saying because of the grace that God has given me. And so we changed it up on the screen. So basically, because of the grace God has given me, I've given each of you this morning, right?
0: Then the next one is Romans twelve sixteen, Same chapter. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. I love that phrase because I that's how I, I, if you're really proud, that's how you think of people. I'm around the ordinary people today. Don't be too proud to to be around the ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Ooh. That's part of being don't humble. Don't think
1: you know it all.
0: And then one last one. You want to take this one?
1: Yeah, Ephesians 4, 2 through 3. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. If you make a mistake, the first place that you need to come back to is here.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: We are not going to judge you here at the jar. We all make mistakes. We all have sin and have fallen short of the glory of God.
0: And what is sin?
1: Missing the mark. What is sin? Missing the mark. Right. We're all missing that mark at times, and it's and, and that doesn't make you. It, it, Come on. It doesn't make you a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can, right. right? If you go down the wrong friend of the world road, it can. What I'm saying to you is we all have issues. Michael and I, we all, I have my own issues that I have to give to God still. And probably will to the day I take my last breath. Okay? But we will love you anyways. And that is because that is what God has called us to do in this passage. Right? Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Yes. Okay? Now, there's right and there's wrong.
0: And there are consequences for wrong.
1: And we will always teach that from here. Mm -hmm. There's truths and there's lies, right? And we got to know the difference. But what he's saying is here, allow for each other to sometimes, some of us are sometimes going to stumble and fall. And we got to pick each other up. Yes. And we got to do in truth and love. Truth and love go together. Okay. So we've been talking the last two weeks about being real, about being authentic with each other. But here's the thing, like we said earlier today, we can take that authenticity and shove somebody into the ground with it.
0: Mm, That's good.
1: I'm going to tell you the truth because you need to hear it.
0: (laughs) Really what it is, you feel better for telling them, not so much that you actually wanted them to change.
1: That's not what we're encouraging here. (laughs) Should we speak truth to each other? Yes. But truth always comes with love. Amen. Okay. Okay. Now sometimes that truth can be a little hard. Can be a little hard pill to swallow. But we still have to do it in love. Okay? And then how the other person receives that is between them and God. Okay? But we're always going to do that with love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. That's why here at the jar we will every week we pray. May your spirit fill this place. Mm-hmm. Yes. May you break down the windows, crash through the doors, <laughs> yes. do what you have to do, spirit of God, because without you, we cannot be unified. That's right. Okay. So we are always united in the spirit and we are, I love this, binding ourselves together with peace. We are brothers and sisters because we are heirs of the mighty God. When we accept Jesus as Lord and we accept him as our God, we become an heir and a child and we are all children of each other. No matter what backgrounds we came from, just like in Philippi, no matter what background we came from, no matter what we've done in the past, if you come to say, Jesus is my Lord, you are a brother or sister. And as long as Michael and I are here at the jar, that's how it's going to be. And if you ever feel that we're not living up to that, you let us know. Call us
0: on it. That's right. <laughs> and
1: truth and love. No, just kidding. <laughs> but, and truth and love. And I, no, but really, I,
0: really. I, she was the good cop. I'm going to be the bad cop. Love always comes with truth. Right. Truth always comes with love, but love always comes with truth. So we will confront when, when the mark is being missed. We have to, because if we love you enough, we, want, we don't want you to stay in that place. Right. We want to help you to get better. Mm-hmm. And so we will, in love, come to you, but we will do it with truth. And in truth, we will do it yeah. with love. We have
1: great worth in God's kingdom. We are a part of God's kingdom, and we have worth, right? So when people say, well, I really don't want to talk about my strengths. Right? I don't want to talk about my strengths. That's not being humble. But actually, you have worth. Like Michael said earlier, everybody in this room has a gift. Mm-hmm. God has given you something. You don't have to be the most extroverted person in the room. That's right. You don't have to be the most introverted person in the room. Some of the strongest Christian women I know and men in my life are introverted, but when they go to the throne of God to pray, ooh, you better watch out. Yep. Right, they're behind the scenes, but they're the, they're the lady they're my friend, the lady friends in my life that I text, uh, and I say, Glenna is one of those. <laughs> yes. Love my Glenna. Yes. She's what? Okay, I won't say it on the podcast. <laughs> around the podcast. Glenna Cook is one of those people.
0: Yeah.
1: She's in her seventies, and I. She is a strong woman of God, and when I am facing something and the enemy is attacking me, I am going to text that woman. Yes. Because she will go to her knees and she will pray on my behalf, and let me tell you something: she's got God's ear, y'all. Yeah. It will happen. Find someone in your life like that. Because it's important that we lift each other up, right? Um, but it, we have worth, and all of you have a gift. Maybe working with the littles, you have a special gift. Looking, I know I don't have that gift, y'all.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't have that gift. I got my own babies, okay, and that's fine. Don't worry. I, I love them, but I couldn't work back there, <laughs> okay? Not everybody's gifted for that, but some people are. Like our family pastor, Miss Carrie, she is definitely gifted. If you watch her. With the little ones, right? So God has given you a gift to figure that out. Ask him. Ask him to show you, okay? You have worth. It's okay to identify your strengths. Yes.
0: So well, here's our reflection time. Um, reflection time, remember, is a time for us to, to consider something. We have one for the not yets who are not yet believers. You're still trying to figure this out. And we have one for the already. Like, here is for not yets. Jesus humbled himself for you. <laughs> Will you humble yourself for him? Will you seek out what it means to be his?
1: And what we mean by his is you are saying there is no other God before you. You are my Lord and you are my Savior. And
0: And I'm not not going to wait till the end to bow and confess that you are truly the one who can save me. If you
1: feel that... If you feel God's calling you, if you feel that stirring in your spirit and you want to give your life to Jesus, we'll pray for you for that too. Okay? For the already's, it's ask God to help you identify your strengths and weaknesses. For some of you, you may have been raised in the church and told you're not supposed to do that. (laughs) For some of you, you may have been raised in a home where you were told not to do that. Yes. So if you struggle figuring out what your strengths are, right, because I... It's just true. Sometimes strengths are harder than weaknesses. Ask God to identify that for you. Ask him to show you what your strengths are this week. Okay?